IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, is the Zimbabwe opposition elections, are they saying, are the elections a fraud, rather? I was saying at the beginning of the show, well, so much has been going on in Zimbabwean elections over the years. One's just like, whatever. But okay, that's my opinion. That's other people's opinion. Let's just delve into this a bit further. Joining us on the line is Pierre Pirou, Southern African Program Head of the Institute for Security Studies. Pierre, very good afternoon to you. Thank you for joining us, and I certainly hope I've got your designation correct. Yes, no, that's right, Michael. Thanks very much, and good afternoon to you and the listeners. Good afternoon once again, Pierre, and thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Now, the Southern African Development Community, let's just open up the conversation with this, SADC. The Election Observer Mission has already said in a report on Friday that the polls fell short of, if I can quote it, the requirement of the Constitution of Zimbabwe. Let's just put that aside for now. Let's just get your take on the opposition claims about this election being a fraud. What is your take on that? Well, I mean, you know, the rhetoric that is coming from from the Citizens' Coalition for Change is not mm-hmm. unexpected. Uh, there have been a raft of issues relating to uh, shortfalls and democratic deficits, uh, deficits around the election, the actual process of the elections itself, uh, but also the wider context in which these elections uh, have taken place. I mean, many of these problems and concerns uh, are are things that you would have heard before in yes, previous elections. It rings very uh, familiar, indeed. Yeah, yeah, and what what's different now, I think, is is that we've never seen Sadek make this kind of preliminary statement before, yes. and 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 this has generated a furious and histrionic reaction from both Sony PFN and the Zimbabwean government, right. who are desperate to shut down that narrative mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, well, we saw the histrionics from, as I said, from, from, uh, Zanu PF itself at the end of last week. And then we saw a kind of a dressing down of Sadak, uh, ambassadors and a note Babal being sent to Sadak, which has now resulted in Sadak agreeing to send Jaya Kikweti as the chairperson of the panel of elders with a num- with a, with a, a group of three others who are mm-hmm. going to fly into Zimbabwe to engage with the Zimbabwean government. But it's not entirely clear what that means. Yes. Now, the Triple C are hoping mm-hmm. uh, that they will be able to persuade, uh, and, and they are pushing a line that's, that the, there should be a new election uh, held under the auspices of Sadak, and that was what they announced this afternoon in their press in their press conference. How far do you think that could go? I mean, yes, it's early I, I days, think, indeed, Pierre, I, but uh, yeah, how far look, can I, this? Yeah. Michael, that's not going to get out of the starting blocks from mm, what mm, I can mm, see. I mean, mm. I mean, uh, uh, Munangagwa has been declared the winner of this election. I mean, right. he's, going to, he's going to not be moved from his seat very easily. Mm. I think in many respects, uh, whilst uh, the party and the government try and shut down the SADC reflections, that's not going to happen either. What this mm. does is open the door for potentially for more conversation and engagement by SADC. Uh, with the Zimbabwean government. But, you know, mm-hmm. the shoe really, the power in this equation still remains very much with the incumbent. There are some possible negative consequences for the Zimbabwean government, particularly in terms of the consequences around the uh, African Development Bank uh, backed uh, arrears, debt arrears negotiations that have been ongoing, mm-hmm. in which elections were seen as a critical indicator of progress around reform. Right. But I don't think it would necessarily derail that process either. The, the, yeah. the, the response is going to be about can we can we cajole 
Zimbabwe incrementally towards more reform. So in some respects, it's more of the same, thinking that Zimbabwe uh, and the Zimbabwean government mm. will hold the interests of the uh, the broader population at heart. And, and, and I think that's a bit of a forlorn hope as well. Right. Forlorn hope, as you've underlined it uh, aptly there, Pierre. Uh, of course, now South Africa and other countries exercising, inverted commas, quiet diplomacy as we go along with this. Well, mm. to a certain extent, yes. I mean, mm. what you've seen now is is regional bodies or regional parties in the form of SWAPO and, and, and the African National Congress congratulating ZANU-PF. Mm. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, the Secretary General of the ANC has made a bit of a fool of himself of late. He, he openly criticized Nelson Chamisa, claiming he was a puppet of the West and is now oh. kind of rejoicing in ZANU-PF's uh, victory. Right. There seems to be a dissonance between his kind of, of, of posturing and some of the real thinking inside the ANC about the difficulties that uh, Zimbabwe and ZANU-PF present to South Africa. So, so mm. I'm not sure he really represents the interest there. Other government, from a government position, we've seen the president of Tanzania, uh, of Namibia, of mm-hmm. uh, South Africa as well, Cyril Ramaphosa, uh, congratulating Mnangagwa. So it seems unlikely that they're going to take a stance uh, that is going to be uh, antithetical to, to uh, Mnangagwa's incumbency at this mm-hmm. stage. Right. Uh, and, they will, and they will certainly fall in line behind the collective approach of SADC, mm-hmm. which will be a bit of a slow shuffle. Uh, I think, but we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that the criticism that the Observer Mission has put on the table yes. is an extremely important break from the past. Pierre, would you mind holding on just for one minute? We just need to cross to our news, news desk, excuse me, very quickly just to get a quick update, and I'll come back to you just one more, one or two more uh, issues I'd like to unpack with you, if that's okay with you. Of course, Pierre Pirou, a Southern Africa program head of the Institute for Security Studies, giving us some background as to uh, what's been transpiring since Zimbabwe's elections. Uh, Zanu PF back in the driver's seat. Looking forward to continuing this chat with him. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Just gone exactly half past four. If you've just joined us on the afternoon overdrive, 101.9, Chai FM, I'm Michael McKenna. Great to have you on board. We're busy chatting to Pierre Pirou, who's the Southern Africa Program Head of the Institute for Security Studies. We're looking at the, you could put it, for want of a better description, the aftermath of the Zimbabwean elections which have just taken place. As, as I mentioned just before Calvin brought us the uh, short news update, uh, yes, Zanu PF back in the driving seat. Pierre, thank you for holding on. Thank you for staying with us. Another thing uh, that's um, that's become apparent from this uh, election, your take on this, 44% to the opposition and 56% to ZANU-PF. This is a notable, would you say this is a notable, shall we say, um, improvement, increase, for again, for want of a better description, compared to previous opposition um, challenges? Well, I mean, ZANU-PF, look, I mean... (laughs) Yes, uh, in terms of the parliamentary vote, and bear in mind it's a first-past-the-post constituency election process, Uh, we haven't seen the full numbers in terms of how the 4.4 million that voted actually actually voted, but uh, the Triple C, the opposition, did better than uh, they did in 2018 when they were uh, branded as the MDC alliance. They secured 73 seats and have prevented... ZANU-PF from having a two-thirds majority, which is significant uh, in terms of any plans that ZANU may have for constitutional amendments to strengthen sure. uh, their position. So that, that in itself is, is important. Chamisa's support, uh, 
uh, is actually in terms of numbers about 200,000 less than it was in 2018. But, you know, as we said, there's been a large amount of cooking going on in that electoral kitchen, mm-hmm. uh, both in terms of, of efforts to inhibit the vote. And, and, uh, we, and there was enormous chilling effect from the logistical chaos in, in, in uh, particularly in urban strongholds uh, such as Bulawayo and Harare, where we saw a distinct downtick in the number of people that came out to vote in those areas. And, and this right. appears to have been deliberate. Um, okay. And there have been a range of other difficulties around voter registration and so forth. So it's difficult on the numbers game to get an accurate assessment. Right. Uh, but certainly in the, in the context uh, that these elections have taken place, uh, the Triple C have managed to pull out a very large number of people again. In- uh, so it shows that they're still a very relevant mm-hmm. Political mm. entity in the country. Sure. Pierre, uh, getting back to what you were mentioning now, people being inhibited and being intimidated and being prevented and, you know, like the polls being marred, we hear all these titles. Now the, op- the, well, the opposition now is claiming, I mean, to the effect that, you know, one was not allowed into hotels, etc., to stay in hotels and being, you know, checked at checkpoints and that kind of thing. Your take on these allegations that they've made, has this, was there an escalation of this activity going on? Yes, I think in terms of intimidation, particularly in rural areas, there was an uptick there. there, there mm. we, we, we didn't see as many incidents of overt violence. But the issue of, of, of intimidation is critical in the Zimbabwean context. If you look at recent uh, opinion polls that yes. were, were released a couple of months ago, the issue of political fear in the context of elections is an enormous factor in, in Zimbabwe. And, and it yes. is, is very difficult for people who have not lived in those conditions to really understand it. And I think there's a dissonance between South African understanding of this and the conditions on the ground in, 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 in Zimbabwe. Uh, and the, the operations of this uh, ZANU-PF-affiliated civil society organization called Forever Alliance Zimbabwe, FAZ, mm. who were literally setting up shop outside polling stations and taking down the details, addresses, ID numbers of individuals going in to check how they would vote. With the message basically to, 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 to constituencies that we know how you're going to vote and there will be oh. consequences if you vote the wrong way. It was a really crude effort mm. of intimidation and something that most of the observer missions recognized. There's a saying, the same team. The same management and the same and the same field. Pierre, that's what we're dealing with. I guess, yeah, one can only wonder what will one see in the, during the course of the next couple of years, what Zimbabwe will dish out in terms of leadership and going forward and where Zanu PF uh, leads the country to now. But Pierre, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon and just uh, taking a little time to just uh, elaborate a bit on the situation in Zimbabwe following the recent elections. Pierre Bigou, Southern African Program Head of the Institute for Security Studies.